0: I thought we were just now getting up to 2 o'clock. But I'm betting that, you know, if you're really on it, they don't care waiting. As long as you want to preach. At this time, Barnabas Grayson will bring our sermon titled Spirit of Holiness. I usually try to keep the uh, sermon short, but in case I go over it, I feel like this sermon today might be just a little bit longer than what you might be used to, and uh, so you can stand on the promises there, but uh, we'll see what happens. Standing on the promises, you know, uh, when you think about that song, there is a lot of truth to that, because we can be certain that God has in store all of those things that he has promised us, everlasting life, that he is with us all the time that uh, we have His Holy Spirit. And so uh, it's just like you know when in, in the winter time when there is nothing growing and there's the gray of winter, and but we do know and we wait for spring to come when things can start growing again. And so uh, those are promises that are sure, just as the words that we have in the Holy book are sure. I told uh, Carolyn this morning a, a little uh, a joke that I heard, uh, way back in the day way back in the day, you know, when things were a little bit cheaper. Actually, you know, money was hard to come by anyway. Uh, uh, there was this uh, a farmer, he was selling his produce there, and uh, he had some tomatoes and this little boy named uh, Jimmy, he came by and uh, he saw this big juicy uh, tomato on the vine and he wanted to uh, uh, buy it and he, he said to the, the farmer, he said, uh, uh, Will you ta- I'll give you two, two cents for that uh, tomato." And the farmer said, oh uh, well, that's a five-cent tomato. So uh, he pointed to another one, which was smaller. And he said, uh, well, how about that one? And he said, well, I'll take two cents for that one. And the boy said to the farmer, well, uh, just, uh, I'll pick it up two weeks from now. So <laughs> get it? <laughs> took me a while, took me a while. many people today who regard themselves as Christians sometimes forget where their faith comes from, where their roots are. They forget where they come from and sometimes, oftentimes perhaps they forget where they're going. Sometimes we are like that because when troubles and problems and trials surround us, we kind of tend to forget and we dwell in the present, not looking ahead, having the hope and joy that Christ uh, said for us to have. There was a study uh, done by the Pew or a Research Center that found that fewer Americans are identifying as Christians and that Christianity is on the decline the study also said that the Muslim faith and the Christian faith may have the same number of followers in about 35 years in 2010 the report said that uh, Christianity were, was the world's most dominant religion but that millions would be uh, uh, leaving the Christian faith. So, at the present time, there is, how you want to look at it, there is a diminishing of Christianity. Now, some, of course, think that study is just a little misleading because people are more spiritual today. Now, they're spiritual in, I guess, different ways. Uh, you know, after their own righteousness. And so, uh, there are many people... Believe in God, but they don't. uh, They don't fellowship. They forsake fellowship. As it is written, that in the last days that many will uh, fall from uh, from the faith, and it could be due to bad experience in the church. It could be due to other things like uh, the commandments are old; they're done away. All of those rules and regulations they're they're done away. And also, there's the thing. And I saw this in a, a magazine. Uh, it was the Good News magazine many years ago, back in the day. It was called, uh, entitled Familiarity Breeds Contempt. And so sometimes when uh, uh, a lot of people in society today, when you bring up religion or your beliefs or you, that you're a Christian or you bring up some scripture, they will tend to roll their eyes at what uh, you might be saying about Christianity. That's because it's foreign to them. It's strange to them because many just do not hear the word of God often enough and because they just won't listen. In Ecclesiastes 5, I didn't give this scripture to uh, Brian, but I was just thinking, it says in chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, uh, it says to keep your foot when you go to the house of God. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with your mouth, and let not your heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and you upon earth. Therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes through the multitude of busyness, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. And... There was uh, Lawrence gave a sermon some time ago about fools, about uh, the things that uh, foolish people do, and I think he's probably using me as an example. But <laughs> I confess, <laughs> but uh, no, he wasn't, surely. But maybe it thought might have crossed his mind. <laughs> anyway, you know when. Uh, I think most of us here have learned what we know through the church that we attended. Uh, I learned a lot of the things that I know today from uh, attending uh, Sunday church and from going to Sunday school and from studying on my own in personal Bible study and from listening to uh, programs and and to tapes. You know, as in the old days, the, the things that we used to do. We learned those things because we come to listen, we come to hear, and we come to uh, apply those things that we hear in our life. And you know, I think that's when God begins to notice, that he begins to take notice of whoever is listening, whoever is hearing, whoever comes to the house of God, that they are seeking his will to do. They are seeking uh, the spirit of holiness. Now, we also know that, you know, Sometimes the seed just falls on stony ground. There are briars and brambles and all of that, all of the cares of life that swallow up those things. So, in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I'm going to skip the first few chapters that I have referenced, Brian, and go on to... uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 it says there for God has not called us unto uncleanness but unto holiness uncleanness is a Greek word that means impurity it, it's either moral or physical in the, King, in the King James holiness is translated from the Greek word hagiosmos and it means to make holier to hallow or to sanctify. In the revised version, the king Hagiosmos is rendered as sanctification. So we see that we are not called to uncleanness, but it's opposite and and that it's, that we're called to holiness or sanctification, to be set aside for a holy reason and for a purpose. In the Old Testament, we read of ceremonial things, being consecrated for holy use. There was the tabernacle as a holy building, and there's the holy of holies there. There were holy priests and the Levites who were consecrated to the service of God. There were holy sacrifices, and the people and the nation of Israel was called unto holiness. If we go back to Exodus chapter 19, it says that Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him out of the mountain saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You saw what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice, and indeed keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So he's reassuring Israel that they're going to be following A God who is powerful, who has the strength, who has the wisdom, and who has a purpose for calling them out to be a holy people. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. Now these are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. In Leviticus 26, it says, uh, you'll have to look at your Bible if you want to read these scriptures. And you shall be holy unto me, it said. For I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that you should be mine. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 9, it says, The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto you, if ye shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and walk in his ways. So, we see that things are counted holy because of their connection to God. So your calling, our calling is unto holiness of sanctification and separation from moral impurity, from the sin that is uh, the uncleanness that is prevalent in our society, in our age today. It's what you have been called to and it is a special calling. Israel was first called and uh, the Gentiles the other nations apart from Israel now while it can be difficult to face the many trials and troubles that we see in life, that we experience in life, uh, this, it, is, it is this spirit of holiness that assures us that Christ is with us, that we are connected to God by this spirit of holiness. In Romans 8:28, it says, "And we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are called." According to his purpose. So, in all of our trials and tests, this is the promise that we should trust in, a promise that we can uh, stand on. In 1 Corinthians 3, now, it says in verse 16, Know ye not, don't ye know that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. And sometimes we forget all of that. And we let negative thoughts or evil thoughts creep into our lives. And it takes our minds off of Christ and our purpose in doing his will. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Again, verse 19. What? That's the, it's a question. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Like in the earlier message, you know, you you have the uh, helmet of salvation. Put that on top of your head, because that's where your uh, central nervous system, that's where your brain is, that's where all your thoughts are, your emotions. That we, uh, we have these five senses, you know, the feelings of touch, smell, eyes, ears, mouth, all those things. But it is up there, that the temple, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in each and every one of us. And then we read in verse 20, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, glorify God in your Bible... Bible In your body, that is. And in your spirit, which are God's. So whatever we do in the body should be to the glory of God. And we must honor Christ because he dwells in us through the spirit of holiness. In our union with Christ, we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of holiness dwells in us. Let's go back up to verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But here's a good thing to know in all of this. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. In honor of him, by his authority, by his power. And by the spirit of our God. So we are the temple of God. And the spirit of God is the spirit of holiness. It's in each and every one of us. And he has set you apart and sanctified you from the day that you were baptized. From that day that you received the laying on of hands uh, to receive the Holy Spirit. And decided that for the rest of your life you will follow Jesus Christ. In Romans 6 verse 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, so when we came to hear the message, when we came to hear the preaching, when we came to read the word of God and see uh, the example that's been given us, uh, this was a doctrine that was uh, delivered to us, uh, a love that was given us, a faith and a hope, verse 18, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness, that's what we're doing, being servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity into iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. So prior to that time, we were serving sin. We were serving unrighteousness, going, uh, going about those things. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things? Whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. When we come to realize that that unrighteousness, that that sin has uh, made a mark on our life, then uh, we're ashamed of it. We know, uh, like David said, the sins are ever before me, but because of the righteousness of Christ, our sins are covered. He has made atonement for us. He has given the gift of his Holy Spirit and we have the hope of everlasting life so verse 22 but now being made free from sin and become servants to God you have your uh, fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life so we're being saved from the power of sin because we know that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see it as a gift. You know, when you give somebody a gift, it's freely given. It is something perhaps unexpected at times. You know, at Christmas time, when you kind of re- expect to receive a gift, or at your birthdays, you expect to receive a gift. But this is a gift that is beyond all of that, any material thing. It is a spiritual blessing. And the scripture says, however, that he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So in this life, you know, we, we'll have Troubles, we're going to have uh, trials, and it's not surprising that there are all kinds of troubles and trials that we face. We know that uh, whatever our condition is, no matter what condition our uh, uh, no matter what condition our condition is in, we have the spirit of God, and we can stand on the promises of God and to endure and overcome. And you know, when you are a servant of righteousness. Young children uh, are blessed in you and there will be a time coming when, you know, they will commit themselves to the spirit of holiness. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, To the praise of his glory, uh, to the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. In whom? Jesus Christ through his blood, the forgiveness, according to the riches of his grace. But sometimes we see that in our life, due to whatever circumstances we find ourselves in day by day, whether we are suffering from some sort of pain or sickness, or some doubt in our family, something going on, we find that the the spirit of holiness does need stirring up. You know, before a, uh, a ball game, uh, a lot of schools would have what they call a pep assembly. And this pep assembly is filled with music, it's filled with cheers, it's filled with uh, speaking. In order to boost the energy, to boost the pep, to pep the... the people up that are going to go out and, and face the, you know, the other school in, in some sort of a game. So there are times in our life when we also need to be stirred up. Uh, what those things might be, how it comes along, we don't know for sure. But sometimes when we do feel down, when we do feel uh, unable to cope with the daily stresses of life, that's the time we need to stir up the spirit. Not just set it aside, but to stir it up. And I speak from experience, because there are times in my life when I have had to stir up the Spirit. The Apostle Paul told Timothy to stir up the Spirit that is in you by the laying on of hands. So when life starts to get you down with all of its troubles and all of its trials and disappointments, don't let the uh, Spirit burn out. Don't quench it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 1, I therefore, Paul speaking, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, he's talking to the Ephesians, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. To walk worthy, this word worthy is Greek, and it means to literally balance the scale, to be balanced by our way of life. And how do we do that? You know, our life has to have a lot of balance in it. We can't go too far to one side or to the other side. There has to be balance. And we do this in this way. With all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering for bearing one another in love. So we see these four qualities that are essential to keeping unity and peace, as the uh, scripture further says. 1 Peter 1, verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. (laughs) It's like, you know, putting a a belt around your pants, I guess. Uh, sometimes when I don't wear a belt, I have these big pants and they start, I start to uh, sag. What do you call it? Uh, sag, yeah, sag. And so I have to keep pulling them up. So if you've got it all strapped in or suspended or however you want to do that, then there's no chance of it you know, falling down at an opportune moment. I went to Walmart uh, one day last week. And I was wearing these pants that are big around my waist. And I like to wear them because it makes you think you've lost weight. But <laughs> anyway, when I got to the house, I noticed that what they call the barn door was open you know, zipper. And I said, I wonder, <laughs> did I forget to zip up? Don't know. But, you know, um, and I, so I'm wearing these, also these clunky shoes, and, and people probably look at me and say, well, he's, his mind's going or something. <laughs> <laughs> and it does. But y- you've got to gird up the loins of your mind, spiritually speaking. You've got to be on guard, because there are a lot of things that can upset. And, you know, sometimes you forget. It's like a song we, uh, in our hymn book or somewhere it says, did you, uh, did you forget to pray? You know. Those are some of the spiritual things that help us to gird up the loins of our mind. Continuing, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, verse 1 here in 1 Peter tells us that we are strangers in the world. We're strangers because our Christian values and they're in contrast to the ways of the world. Our hope, as it says, is in heaven. It's centered in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, which is coming. And, we all, and we're all steadfast to that when we see trials come against us. And so we see trials differently than a lot of, uh, a lot of the world does. We see them as fires that are meant to refine us. And in the spirit of holiness, we are strangers in the world. Verse 14, that we are to be as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. So as strangers in the spirit of holiness, we can't allow ourselves to be molded the wrong way. To let the world mold us in the way that a lot of people are doing today. And you can look around and you can see some of the ways that people are. Uh, we're not to do as the world does. Over in Romans chapter uh, 1. You'll have to go to your Bible, I think, to see this because I didn't turn this scripture in. In a verse 28, Romans 1, 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, uh, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, and you can imagine the people who are hearing all these uh, words being spoken of by Paul, how some may have rolled their eyes at that. Heard it before, you know. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. So these are words that are pointing out the spirit of unholiness. Things that we aren't supposed to be. Things that in this society could be shaping our life who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Verse 15, we're uh, back up there uh, where we were in 1 Peter. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner, Of conversation. The Old Testament holiness called for Israel to be separate from things impure, from uh, uh, people around them, the nations around them, because they were impure in their practices and they were abominations. Today we're to abstain, uh, as they were called, we are also to abstain from evil that we see around us that is in an evil society. We have to be a good example Because as the scripture says, we are a light unto the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And that we conduct ourselves so that it glorifies God in our life. Verse 16, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning in fear. here in fear. Being in the spirit of holiness is a serious vocation. So we have to be cautious. We have to be careful along the way. Verse 18, for as much as you know that you weren't redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Philippians chapter 2, it tells us, in the spirit of holiness, to not let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than, better than themselves. So, you know, you have to to take a look at what's motivating you. What's causing you to want to have strife or, or to be vainglorious. In the spirit of holiness, we see we have to have humility by rejecting selfishness. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So those words that we read above it, we see how Christ was, what his his thinking was, how he approached things. In verse 6, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. In verse 8, Uh, by the way, uh, these verses are seen by some as uh, poetic in a poetic form, which may have been from an early hymn, with the point being that the way up is is to is down the way up is down by the time of Pentecost, uh, you know the wheat harvest when it 's ready the uh, Wheat bends over. That's a sign that it's ready to be harvested. It can be applied to us that in our humility, at some point, we are ready to be harvested. This is, uh, it's important that we think of, of this humility that was in Christ Jesus. Uh, verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Christ did. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So he is uh, found in fashion as a man. That is, you know, in, in appearance. He, he looked human, though he was much more than uh, that in his nature. Wherefore God, verse 9, also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name. Of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father for uh, first Corinthians 15 uh, 20 tells us that Christ rose from the dead to become the firstfruits of those who sleep the wave sheaf you know pictures the the first fruit of the harvest at the resurrection and Christ's uh, resurrection was waved before, before God as the first fruits of the divine harvest and that Christ also had prophesied that his resurrection was prophesied in the, in the Old Testament. We read this in, in Luke chapter 24 uh, verse 25 Then uh, he said unto them, O fools, And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures of things concerning himself. So Christ looked back on the Old Testament and he brought out uh, areas, uh, scriptures that applied to him. Things that concern him. And the Apostle Paul, we see, also said that Moses had foretold the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 16, he's, uh, Paul is relating all of these things to, uh, to King Agrippa and how Christ had spoke to him along the way when he was blinded and heard the voice and was given the commission to preach Christ and salvation. He uh, uh, he's telling uh, that he heard that he was to rise and stand, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a written and a witness of these things which you have seen and of those things which I uh, shall appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the, the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem, and throughout all the coast of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. And in verse 21, For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. You see the Jewish leaders, they became hostile to Paul and they they accused him and did everything to discredit him before the governor. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are are beside yourself. Uh, much learning does make thee mad. It was strange sounding to him. So, in the spirit of holiness, how are we to be? There are so many places in Scripture that we can look at and see what this spirit of holiness, uh, how it, it directs, is supposed to direct our life. Verse twelve of Philippians chapter two: Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and, and trembling. You know, there are things that we do in our day to life that we commit. You know, there's omission and there's commission. It's like uh, stopping at a stoplight, you know. You don't have the law around you, uh, but in your mind and in your heart, you know you're supposed to stop at that stoplight. And so this is, the, uh, this is what Paul is saying. You've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. We have to work out our own salvation with tr- fear and trembling. For it is God which work is, works in both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that's what we do. You know, that's what character is. We, we, uh, we direct our lives when no one else is around. Sometimes, you know, it can be really uh, unbalanced. You know, sometimes I feel guilty about throwing out a little bit of litter on on the ground, and i got to pick it up. So that's that's what it is. You know, how are you going to be in the kingdom? Are you going to let litter just fall to the ground? You know, that's an extreme uh, illustration. But when we're told to do something or when we feel like we need to do something that is helpful, that is righteous, that is good for all, verse 14, it says to do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Colossians 3, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience in which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds." And that's what we did, you know, during, that's uh, what the lessons of the Feast of Unleavened Bread taught us, to put off the old man. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Verse 12. Skip on to verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in honor, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So one of the things about this age we live in is that many are forgetting their Christian roots, their call to be holy. And some out, you know, just outright reject the word of God. As we read in the beginning of this sermon... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 again. For God has not called us unto uncleanness. But he has called us unto holiness. But he he therefore that despises. Despises not man. But God who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians. Don't be. Unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? You remember over in Deuteronomy where the Old Testament law f- uh, forbade uh, hitching an ox and a, and a donkey together as a work team. Uh, their natures are different. And uh, the job at hand would, could not uh, get accomplished because there would be conflicts in their nature, and their differences. So we are to avoid partnerships that might compromise our Christian values. What concord, verse 15, has Christ with Belial? This is another name for Satan or the wicked one. Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. So as you know, in the temple of God, which, you know, of which we are, we don't want to place into our minds things that are unholy. Wherefore, verse 17, come out from among them, and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Acts chapter 2, you know, Pentecost coming up. That's a reminder of the risen Christ and the promise of of the Holy Spirit. And it is by faith that we receive the Spirit when the uh, when we receive the spirit i wonder if anyone here you know after they receive the spirit did, did you speak in tongues i know i didn't but that's not a reason to think that god's spirit did not come upon you through the laying on of hands what it has what it does show us is that we have a changed life that at that moment our lives have changed and Uh, going in the right direction. So the proof is in our changed lives, lives in which we are ever mindful of our calling to the Spirit of Holiness. So those are the things that we must do. I won't read Acts uh, 2, uh, verses 14 through 22. You can do that if if you wish. Finally, 1 Corinthians 7, and all of this, putting it together. Verse 1, Having therefore, these promises. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God.